Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Let's go get him. That's another one for the fire. All right, and we're back. I'm your host, John Hunter, along with your co-host, Dillip Bugs. Hi, I'm Dillip Bugs, and I almost got recasted once. <laughs> yeah, actually, this episode. We were supposed to record this on Monday and on Monday, Tuesday. But we, but we both didn't feel it Monday. Yeah, I gave you a pass on Monday, but on Tuesday, you just ghosted and... It didn't take me long to find your replacement, surprisingly. I thought it'd be tough, but, like, a lot of people want your spot, Bug. Yeah, you went with a man who eats ass every night. He can't help it. <laughs> he lives uh, with her. <laughs> he can help it. Uh, just, tell, just tell her to sleep with her ass facing the other way. Yeah, well, that's that's on you, man. What's that saying? You almost replaced right there. Anyway, so what's new with you? What have you been up to in your no life? I have no value. What's new with me? So it's a week before Christmas. Okay. I have zero shopping done, and I just found out that uh, everything on Amazon says it's going to come after Christmas. So right. I actually have to go out. Yeah, no, you're in luck. I'm going to give you the John Hunter tips for success on Christmas. All right, let me get let me write this down. So, so I call him. Since I've got out of college, I've done the same Christmas shopping every year. The day of Christmas, I wake up, and then I briefly fall back asleep for two hours. Mm-hmm. Then I wake up again, and I realize, mm-hmm. I'm to texts or phone calls like, hey, like we're getting ready to have dinner, like where the hell are you at? I'm like, oh, fuck. So then on the way to my parents' house, I will stop at Gitgo. Or sheets, whatever your local gas station is for anyone else that wants to do this. And they will have gift cards there to pretty much any place. Like Texas Roadhouse, uh, Target, Home Depot, um, Dick's Sporting Goods, stuff like that. Yeah, so pretty much any gift card you need, boom, you buy them right there. Day of Christmas. They give you the envelopes. You just have a pen on you. Like That's all, all it takes, a little preparation. Have a pen on you. Write the name, boom, you go to Christmas Christmas dinner, time to pass out presents, you reach in your coat pocket, bang, 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 Christmas shopping done. I'm going to be honest with you, I don't like it. I'll tell you why I don't like it, because I feel like it's cheap. Well, they're not, like, I, I know what you mean by cheap, like, it's like cheating, but it's not, like... So, would you rather get a gift that you didn't want, or have the option to get something that you do want at a certain place. Dude, my grandma usually usually gives me like a $15 gift card to Dunham's. Yeah, like, Great. I give I give home I get I give what, like what the hell am I going to get get at Dunham's? But all uh, dude fit for 15 bucks you can get like six packs yeah. of big league chew. <laughs> like two gym shorts. All right, hey, guess what? We're going to have a special guest this episode. Uh introducing to the show 
the illustrious Aaron Diamond. Hey, what's going on? Hey, what's new with you? We are just talking about you eating ass recently, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How'd you know? It's like it wasn't even like 10 minutes ago. We could, sm- we could smell your breath. Oh, it's within like <laughs> 10 minutes ago? All right, Ladies all right. Let's get back to the, the topic, man, though, Book. But I'm saying, like, when I give a gift a card, <laughs> when I when I give a gift card, fifty dollars minimum. Well, okay, fifty dollars is pretty good. Usually, like, see, the reason why I don't like it is because usually, like, if aunts or uncles or whatever get us gift cards, it's usually like fifteen bucks, like Starbucks, Dunham's. Uh, I don't know. Like, I feel it just it feels cheap to me. It feels cheated. Yeah, because you're like, you're a very ungrateful it. person, though. Can no, I give you I'm, grateful. I'm grateful for that, but I just yeah. Let the man let the man talk, Dillip. Mine, ten bucks. That's my minimum. That's your minimum that you give <laughs> my people. Minimum. Yeah. Aaron gives Aaron gives out McDonald's gift cards. He's like, I think there's like two fifty nine left on this. I, I found some. <laughs> I found some McDonald's coupons in the mailbox. You know what my maximum is? What twelve dollars. 15 bucks. All right, keeping yeah. it tight. Okay. Do, do gift cards dip down below $15? They have a, it could be anything. $5, you can give $5 gift cards. Yeah. Oh, man. Book, you should give someone like a $1 gift card. Don't it'd be like, keep keep the change, you filthy animal. That's a Christmas reference. One. <laughs> $1 gift card that doesn't scan because there's a shit stain on it. All right, that's too far, Book. Come on, it's Christmas. Yeah, it's hey, Christmas. good segue. Speaking of Christmas, we got another Christmas film here for you. Uh, this week we're reviewing the Gremlins. We've all seen the Gremlins, right? Yeah. <laughs> Once upon a time. Well, I had hope. I had hope we did, if we're gonna review it. But no, yeah, we don't have to. We don't have to watch movies to review them. It's 2019. You just like. No, you got. You got to review them. Got to watch them. Book. This is how you almost got replaced. Book. Yeah. One, one went... person who does review doesn't. I mean, I understand, like, yeah, you remember that Cuphead um, review where the guy's like, I couldn't even make it past the, the tutorial. Oh, yeah. They, they, they ate that guy alive. That's you, yeah. Boog. You're Cuphead, but not cu- yeah. but the guy. Not Cuphead the guy, but the, the Cuphead guy. I couldn't even make it past the trailers. They're garbage. So, my like, guy, my, my the Cuphead guy? Yeah. Am I the guy? No, this is what you are, Bug. You're a piece of shit. Well, <laughs> fired him. At least I have a title. All right. Let's talk. It's, Gremlin's a classic. Like, it, it's up there, man. Like, I will easily say this is the best Christmas horror movie, in my opinion. I mean, at least you, it has you... the w- right, widest range of audience as well. If you really think about it, like, anyone could watch this. You can put it on at, like, any Christmas like event you go to and, and and young old everybody can watch it. Yeah, pretty aggressive though at that point. Oh, it definitely. Yeah, that's actually um a little trivia for you guys out there. This is one of the first films, along with Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, that led to the PG thirteen rating. At the suggestion of Steven Spielberg, who the... also was an executive producer on this movie. Is there is there a specific scene that you can point to and say like oh yeah that'll be PG thirteen? Oh yeah. Um, so there was some gruesome stuff. Oh yeah, we're talking about this movie, bug. Come on, 
Yeah, but they, I think there's a there's a bunch of stuff in this one, um, like the gremlin in the microwave. Ooh yeah. Um, doesn't one go down like the garbage disposal too? Is that the second one where they jam that one dude through the garbage that, disposal? That might be. But yeah, there, there's some scenes. It's it's a little bit darker of a movie. Um, yeah. Even compared to today's standards, though, I don't think this would be a PG-13. But it's crazy to you know, think about the different movie ratings. Like when Jaws came out, that movie was PG. I I honestly believe that this came out nowadays. We'd get a PG-13. Yeah, well, yeah, it's, that, it's that's another thing. If this came out nowadays, this would be like a CGI like shit fest. Oh yeah, it would be a disaster. That's what makes you worried about Gremlins 3, which apparent, allegedly they're working on, but they've allegedly been working on that since Gremlins 2 came out in 1990. You know mm. what else happened in 1990, Boog? You were born. I was born. What a shit year. <laughs> it was pretty solid. No, um, what a shit month. So you guys, no, you guys what were... What a shit day. You done? You done doing that nonsense you're doing? Yeah. I could tell I a little bit earlier, Bug, coming into this, that you had a little bit... It was going to be one of those rough days for you, right? Yeah, I'm just going to let you know. I'm tired. Yeah, we got to stay up. All right. Well, uh... Oh. We got we to gotta stay up until 4 a.m. tomorrow. Uh, oh, that's, yeah. 4.35. A little, uh... What's what's the run little, time? I was two two hours and thirty five minutes. A little backstory. Um, tomorrow we are all going to see the premiere of the new Star Wars. And the only and we, we got tickets was... for a showing that I didn't even know they had at one fifteen a.m. Surprisingly, it was uh, the whole theater's goddamn open. Yeah. Well, if the early reviews are any indication this is something that we preach at this podcast is always formulate your own opinion as well as don't put other people down for how they feel something that might be your favorite movie might not be someone else's favorite movie but side yeah you pieces of shit but side note early reviews not great for that um but luckily for us we got a good one in front of us here um, you guys ready to talk a little bit about the directors and cast and uh, some miscellaneous trivia there? And gamers. I'm down. I'm 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 game. Oh, okay, cool. But hey, glad I, you glad you could be here, Book. Glad yeah, you showed up. I'm glad that I'm able to participate. <laughs> um Alright, so a little bit. Film was directed by Joe Dante, who uh for you horror guys out there, he before this directed the howling which i'd say top five werewolf movie um for your you kid movie fans out there and also this was this was prime like our age growing up he also directed small soldiers oh the, yeah the, gorg- the gorgonites are in the trees <laughs> <laughs> i watched that yeah. I actually watched that movie recently and it doesn't hold up but i love that movie as a kid it didn't it didn't hold up then either that's because we were like 10. Yeah, it was per- like, so this is crazy side note because I know we did just talk Star Wars. But um, they, 
I feel like there's going to be this weird thing with kids that were born and and maybe I don't know cuz you have a lot of like older influences book but kids that were born like as the prequel trilogy came out might look at that trilogy differently like we were me and you Aaron we were born in a different time where in between like we were in between the last Star Wars and there was a significant amount of time like we were younger age like coming through that original trilogy or the prequel trilogy when that came out like so as a kid like we could appreciate like we liked it but we still knew how great the original was like if the first movies you're watching are the prequel ones and like that's like your kid coming up on those like they might just imagine kids they might like that more than the original trilogy that's that kind of scares me man but that's that's where we say it's like it's all subjective of what you like like Mm -hmm. hey you could you could like shit like it's whatever man like there's terrible movies i like but i have like uh affinity for them just for the fact that like that's i had like associated like being a kid and seeing those movies for the first time it's i don't Mm -hmm. know it's just weird like that like when you take in media and stuff um Besides that, uh, Joe Dante, he did the segment in the Twilight Zone movie, It's a Good Life. Another another favorite, well, not a favorite, but I, I really do enjoy this movie. Um, and you don't really see it on as much anymore, but The Burbs. He directed The Burbs. I don't know if I've ever seen it on TV. Burbs. I've always just streamed it, usually on Hulu. Looks but, like I, recently he did some Looney Tunes stuff. Yeah, with that one with Brendan Fraser. He, I mean, he did direct Gremlins too, which yeah. that movie's batshit insane. But I also love Gremlins too. And it's actually kind of impressive. This is kind of before the age of Hollywood finding a new director for every every yeah. movie in a series. What else has he done? He did some recent stuff with Corey Feldman. Just lost a little bit of respect with him. <laughs> Dude, Corey Feldman's in this movie true all right so joe dante good great guy great guy uh writer we got chris columbus which um this guy actually has been a part of a lot of productions some big ones he was actually the director um for the first two harry potter movies i didn't know this he was the producer on jingle all the way gotta love that I love the first two Harry Potter movies. You know what other two movies that you love yeah, that he directed? Great, Rent. <laughs> no, I mean he did he did direct that, but no, the other two movies he directed that you definitely love are Home Alone and Home Alone Two. Ah, uh, uh, I was gonna say Bicentennial Man. I know you're a big Robin Williams. I'm Bicent- actually a big Bicentennial <laughs> Man fan. Do you know that movie did not it was not well received? I did not like it, so I I I would say I could see that. Oh shit! Oh, well, so this is this might be damning for me, but I am not a Robin Williams fan. I can yeah, appreciate I can appreciate how some people can like him, but his type of comedy was just it just didn't do it, was, it for me. It was it was the modern day telling of Pinocchio, <laughs> and I fucking loved it. I I actually really enjoyed Bicentennial Man. It was it was a very uh, hey that's what I'm saying story. like to each their own. It just did not did not do it under, for me. Bicentennial Man underperformed at the box office. Ooh, dude, does he give box office information at the of the Gremlins? Oh yeah, here we go. Oh, Gremlins is actually one of the adjusted highest grossing horror movies. 
That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Eleven million budget, and box office was one fifty three point one. You have to think too. Um, That's huge. Yeah, you have to think it too. That merchandising this movie had to make a killing. Like everyone knows what a Mogwai is, Gizmo, the Gremlins. Like you have to think they cleaned up on that as well, especially in yeah. the eighties the when they were huge on like mm-hmm. kids cereals and like lunchbox. Yeah, Beanie Babies. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um. I mean, that's the same thing, like, with The Mandalorian, with Disney going on now. Like, Baby Yoda, that that's, like, the modern-day gremlin. I mean, if it's you look at him, thing. his design's taken right off a of damn gremlin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, let's get in the cast here a little bit. gremlin's design taken off of Yoda? Oh, so it turns out that uh, um, the company who owns the merchandising rights is NECA which stands for National Entertainment Collectibles oh, Association. NECA, yeah. NECA. Um actually I have a pretty cool uh Jason Voorhees Friday the 13th figure from them. They do good work. They just unveiled their Christmas 2019 collectible which features two gremlins singing carols. And this actually looks like it's pretty damn good detail on this and it's funny because you know how big they are yeah gremlins are really tiny and they're wearing earmuffs and they look ridiculous um and they're naked but one has a scarf so while looking up the special effects i actually found a pretty cool before we get into the cast but a few tidbits about the voices of the characters Mm -hmm. um so gizmo was voiced by Howie Mandel, which most notably known for Deal or No Deal, like in modern times now, but (laughs) the old movie he was in that I really liked growing up, Hmm. Little Monsters, yeah, with a Fred Savage. Uh, The voice of Stripe was um, done by Frank Welker, who voiced um, Fred on Scooby-Doo as well as Megatron on Transformers, and also, I didn't know this, Nibbler on Futurama. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, and then some of the other gremlin voices were, you'll appreciate this, performed by Michael Winslow, Police Academy. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Peter cool. Cullen, voice of Optimus Prime. <laughs> that's pretty pretty notable things there. Yeah. Those guys went on to keep doing great stuff. Keep, hey, keep on keeping on. Keep, keep on doing what you do. All right. Thumbs up, baby. Thumbs up. Let me just double check. Alright, so this is actually uh, pretty good for the puppet design. It was by Chris Wallace as well as Rick Baker, who Rick Baker, uh, super famous in the, the horror industry, obviously did the werewolf for American Werewolf in London, a, a bunch of other things. So that's actually, uh, that's why they were such done such quality. Like that's, I wish they still, and I understand why they go to CGI because it's so much, easier to produce like the the puppets are time consuming and and things like that but it just makes it so much more realistic when something's out there like you have to find that perfect blend like dra- the original Jurassic Park like with the, between the animatronics and the CG not like uh Jurassic World where it's just CG <laughs> I wonder where or who currently has the uh the original puppets from the Gremlins well, if you make it big enough, you can buy this. 
Um, you can actually buy a replica one for 180 bucks. Replica what? A gremlin. gremlin. Oh, you're gonna love this. Oh, I'd want this one, the 250 from Gremlins 2, the Flasher, the one that wears the jacket and flashes people. <laughs> you, you guys are gonna love this sentence. As special effects relied mainly on puppetry, an earlier attempt to use monkeys was abandoned because the test monkey panicked when made to wear a gremlin head. <laughs> I, would pay, I would pay money just for that footage. Like We're oh, obviously man. on the podcast, we're against animal cruelty. You could, you but at the same that time, that, pup, that puppet just run, or yeah, puppet, that, that gremlin just running, yeah, gremlin, that monkey just running around with a gremlin head on. Be great. You think they like think they gave him like time to adapt you know like we'll just put that the mask on him like let him wear it for like a day or two i just, pi I just picture him scared. screeching Corey feldman sc screaming like ah get me out of here <laughs> this is better than what i'm doing tonight stephen king or yeah stephen king steven spielberg's there uh because he's executive producer yeah, i just picture like him a, standing like there a, he was in the movie, wasn't he? I don't know. He was on like a bicycle, if I remember. I thought he was in the, the second one. He was one. a bicycle? Yeah, he played a bicycle bug. Man yeah, has was... many traits. You right. saw him on a bike in the movie. Let's get uh, onto the cast here. So, first character we see in this, uh, Randall Peltzer. Um, he plays the dad in the movie, the one who actually goes and picks up the gremlin from the uh, Chinese, like, underground Chinatown shop. It was played by a uh, musician and notable writer, Hoyt Axton, which I didn't know this until, like, researching um, for the for the episode. He, you know the song, like, Jeremiah was a bullfrog? Yeah. He wrote that song. Like, Three, wow. Three Dog Night, like, performed it, made it a number one hit, but he was the writer of that song. So, well-known wow. fact. Um, some other notables we got going on here, uh, the neighborhood, uh, which this was weird to me, like, I guess he was his friend, but the main character played by Zach Gilligan, Billy, um, he was out of college, he was work, or out of high school, whatever, working at the bank, and his friend was like a, like a elementary middle school boy and Corey Feldman like he was the neighbor um but obviously Corey Feldman real big in the 80s um he was pretty much in everything back then uh the same year that this was filmed he was in Friday the 13th part 4 um i think the year after what was this 84 85 he had some scenes in um Friday the 13th at the beginning of Friday the 13th part 5 uh, as well as a little movie you might have heard of called The Goonies mm. mm -hmm. uh, 86 I know he was in uh, Stand By Me Stephen King classic was 86 also the year of the Burbs no, Burbs was after Lost Boys. So Lost Boys was '87, which I'd like to do a review on that because, I mean, we I, we all I know Aaron does. I, I don't know if you do book, but love the Lost Boys, and oh, Bur the Burbs Boys. was '89. Yeah, it's been a long time since I've seen the Burbs. Can yeah. we do a review of the Burbs? Is it considered horror? I, yeah, I guess. I mean, they're like, whatever. We could do it. It's it's horror enough. We can do the burps. It's, it's horror. 
it's horror enough. If it's if if people want to see a review of the Burbs, send me an email. We'll we'll, we'll leave it up to we'll leave it up to the fans. Let them let them come. Um. So main back to the the main guy Billy. Um. Zach Gilligan. He was also in a horror movie in, in the eighties. Another one about wax works with like the creepy like wax figures and stuff like that. Uh, obviously in Gremlins too as well. Uh, who else do we have here? I love this this guy. I always felt like this guy was in a bunch of stuff, but I felt, always felt like he should be in more. Dick Miller that plays the um, the the neighbor Murray. Uh, I thought isn't Dick Miller? You're thinking of a different Dick Miller. Nah, that dude's been in like a ton of movies. Whoa, this guy's been in a ton of stuff. Like, um, yeah, but he always plays like bits parts. He was always a, a good character actor. But the one that always stuck out for me was his scene in the original Terminator, when he goes to to the gun, the like the shop. Oh yeah. Um, he was also he was the garbage man in the Burbs. He was, yep. says he's in Small Soldiers. What do I do in that? Yeah, it's been a while, but like he looks like a guy that 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 could be in a ton of movies, and I mean he was he was in a lot of like smaller bit parts and stuff like that, but he has a very like recognizable face, mm-hmm. um, and he was great in this as well. Um, you got uh, Zach, or yeah, Zach Billy, um, his girlfriend played by Kate, played by Phoebe Cates, who mm-hmm. uh, if you have ever seen Fast Time at Ridgemont High, you know who Phoebe Cates is. Oh yeah. <laughs> Bug doesn't. Bug's never seen that movie. You're not old <laughs> enough, Bug. Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yeah, my mom doesn't let me watch movies like that. Bug, you're, <laughs> Bug, you're 22. You can watch whatever you want. That's not what my mom told me. <laughs> uh, Alright. And then, uh, this Ruby Deagle, the old lady in this movie, I... Would definitely put her on my top ten lists of characters I've hated in movies. And not when I say that, I don't mean like, oh, I hate them because they're so bad acting. Like just because they're such, their character is so despicable. Like at one part in the movie, she comes in and she wants um, Billy's dog because it broke something on her lawn. And she talks about how she's like the different like ways she's gonna torture and kill his dog. Like I don't know like where I'm from. If someone yeah, if someone came up and told me that like. You gotta kill. Yeah, you a, gotta kill him at that point. Yeah, hey, you don't think I never dug a fucking hole before? I'll dig a fucking hole. That's a Joe Pesci impersonation for you today. We, we've, we've discussed this before <laughs> in earlier podcasts. Any movie that kills a dog is not worth watching because it's not a good movie. I know for a fact that we've said things close to that, but not to that extreme because uh, I've listened to every podcast, because I edit them both. Name a, name a movie where they kill a dog, and it's not a good movie. Santa Slay. No, that was a good movie. The, the, original, <laughs> the original Halloween, they kill a dog. You're hurting yourself. And that movie's great. <laughs> but yeah, I definitely... Definitely I'll got go. a soft... Like, in a movie, if someone kills a dog, I it's feel... It's probably a good I, movie. Yeah, I feel, I feel worse. Than if they kill a person, like I don't give a fuck if you kill a person, but a dog, that's it hits me. It's for, it's about that shock value, you know. Yeah. Anyway, Ruby Deagle played by Polly Holiday, who she definitely has to. I guess nice. she, I guess she's still alive. Yeah, she's still alive. Good wow. for her. She's born 1937, still going. 
Yeah, but her pictures from her from like 20 years ago. Yeah, she's also been in a bunch of stuff. She's in the Parent Trap. Yes, she was. All right, anyway, let's get let's get into the good stuff here. Let's talk about the plot of Gremlins. You ready for this? Yeah. I mean, there's I mean, there's not too much too much to say here. Like everyone's seen the Gremlins. If you haven't, here's here's the uh, synopsis. Stop the podcast. Go watch the fucking Gremlins. I got a, I got a little nitpick. All right, let's let's which, talk. What's your nitpick about the Gremlins? Yeah, about the Gremlins. Okay, I do have some stuff when we talk about like pros and cons. Like this movie, actually, for like a kid, kid holiday like movie, there's a lot. There's a lot of like dark background things going on. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so movie starts out. Uh, Randall Peltzer, the dad, um struggling inventor he's visiting chinatown to kind of like pitch to these different shops there these cheesy inventions that he does like he has this one that it's uh i think it's called like the 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 hotel on a on the go or something like that like you you're supposed to put it in your luggage as your toothbrush a mirror it squirts toothpaste yeah kind of but uh no that's ingenious uh so he ends up going to this like underground Chinese shop led there by this little kid. Uh, the owner, Mr. Wing, um, listens to his pitch and everything like that. He isn't interested, but he hears this sound and he goes and checks, uh, Randall does. And it's this little like creature in a cage. And that's, that's the Mogwai that, that he finds out. Um, he says, Oh, this is perfect. This is what I should get my kid for Christmas. And they're like, the Mogwai is not for sale. Uh, but the little kid that let him in there, um, whose grandfather owns the shop, uh, works out a deal with him without the grandfather knowing. Uh, he buys the gremlin off him, takes it home. Well, it's not a gremlin yet, but the mogwai brings it home. But he lets him know the rules. Um, bright lights or sunlight will kill it, as well as don't get it in contact with water. And most importantly, never feed it after midnight. And I do want to stop here for one second because... How does that work? Like, is there a standard? Yeah, is there a standard time on that? Um, That's one of the the only issues I've ever had with Gremlins. Is like, do they recognize daylight saving time or does does Mogwai like if he stays up like late at night and then like goes to bed really late? Like, doesn't his biological clock change? You know, like yeah, there's some. They should have thought that one out a little bit better. Like, maybe don't feed it after dark. Maybe it's something like that or after dark. I don't know. but that's something that always and, always just sat weird with me. Like, oh, he's up in Alaska. It's always dark. Never feed him. He'll just starve. Never. So anyway, Randall takes him back home. Um, in this part, you get a, a pretty cool shot. Um, you, their hometown, Kingston Falls. Uh, I really like this because it was pretty good world world building. You see the town and. Um, the people go and you get a feel for some of the characters like uh, the sheriff um, you, you see a, a family uh, talking to and this is where we're first introduced to the mean old lady um, what the fuck was her name Mrs. Deagle and she 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 like is associated with the bank and also has people like rent off her and in, in the one scene um, a mother with her two young kids comes up and say like, Oh, 
um, my husband died, like we're going to be short on the rent and that Mrs. Deagle actually treats her absolutely terrible. And so that, that was, that was a good scene for showing like what type of character she was. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you come into the bank and, um, Randall's son, Billy, who's, who's the main guy, Zach, Zach Gilligan's character works in the bank. Um, so Mrs. Deagle goes into the bank um, and confronts Billy about something that his dog had done earlier, destroyed her imported like snowman Christmas decoration, um, threatens, like we talked about before, to to take his dog and, and kill him. Um, so after that, Billy takes his dog, who was in, in the store or in the uh, bank with him, takes it home. Um, and then we're introduced to... Uh, the Mogwai for the first time um, earlier on. You don't really see it when it's in the Chinese shop, uh, but when they bring it home, he's like, uh, Randall's like, I got the present for you, whatever they open up. And, and that's when he meets the Mogwai and names him Gizmo, which I feel like because of this movie, there's like every other house in a, in a suburban neighborhood has a dog named Gizmo. I feel like it or a cat. Everyone has like a, a pet named Gizmo. You think it happened from this? Oh, hundred percent. Um, but his dad tells him the rules and everything like that. Um, uh, eventually the neighbor boy Corey Feldman's character comes over and and Billy's showing him uh, Gizmo and accidentally bumps. Um, it was it was like paintbrushes and stuff because Billy is also like a comic book artist trying to get his comics picked up, and it spills onto Gizmo, and from his back sprouts five other Mogwai. Um, most Mogwai. yeah, Mogwai. But most notably uh, of those ones, there's one that has a stripe on his head, and they creatively name him Stripe. Um, but right off the bat, they can tell that he's a little bit more aggressive than the rest of them. Um, so it, in order to, to kind of figure out more and, and Billy's not really sure he shows meets up with one of his former, former science teachers and shows them uh, the, the Mogwai and actually gives, gives one of them to him to, to perform experiments on, see what they're about. Um, and so they start getting into like a little mischief and stuff and they're, they're treating gizmo bad and stripe is able to trick Billy into feeding them after midnight, um, by messing with his alarm clock. Uh, and this leads to them going into this cocoon state. Um, and this is also pretty bullshit. The cocoons. Not the clock. It's like, ha oh. Yeah, you think if you had something that had that kind of rules, like you really don't know. So that's another thing I'll, I'll talk about the pros and cons, but there's a lot. So one of the overarching themes in this, this movie is that Americans are dumb as fuck. <laughs> no, that's yeah. that's literally what it is. Yeah, like yeah. if you break yeah. it down and look at it, and, and that's kind of playing like we have that like – hubris that that ignorance like oh we're we're the we, we don't have to follow rules we do whatever we want but there is consequences so like that's mm -hmm. something that this movie 
kind of has going like underlying theme. Um, but I guess that's, that's the reason how they can fall for something like that. So even the uh, Mogwai that the science teacher, Mr. Hansen has, uh, it was able to get some food at some point and, and is in a cocoon state. The next, next thing comes up here is Billy's currently away from his home and he finds out that the cocoons hatch. Um, you get a pretty cool scene with uh, Mr. Henson where he doesn't really get a good look at it, but it gets out of its cocoon and, and goes hides. And he's thinking like, oh, I could feed it. I could lure it out with a candy bar. And he gets attacked and, and killed by this this gremlin. Um, oh, at the same time, um, Billy was going to to meet with him. And he realizes, well, if this happened with this one, this could happen back to the other ones that I have at, at my house. Um, and this is probably one of my favorite scenes in the movie is the sequence when they, they, they hatch out and Billy's mother's at home and they start like trying to attack her and stuff like that. And so Billy rushes back home and she's fighting them and she throws one of them in the microwave and explodes on the last one had his mother pinned down as Billy came in the door and his dad had these like antique like swords on the wall and he takes a sword and he chops the one gremlin's head right off that was like had his mom pinned down and knocked its head right into the fireplace. I think that that would be something that gets that to the PG-13. Decapitating yeah. gremlins into a fire pit. Yeah. That was uh, fairly violent. Yeah. Um. So at this point all the gremlins were killed except for Stripe. He he escapes. He jumps out the window, uh, makes a run for it. And so they try to track him down, but he was able to go to their local uh, YMCA, and he hops in the swimming pool. Uh, and that starts spawn off multiple, oh. multiple. And that another scene I really like in that movie with the, with the pools filling up with, like, they had to have used some type of, um, what's it called, like dried ice or something, but it has, like, that smoky, like, fog coming up out of the water and lights are flashing like green and red underneath mm -hmm. um so billy's like oh fuck like we, we fucked up so he goes to, to warn the police and they don't believe him because i mean to be fair if you were a police officer and someone came and like oh, there's like, there's, there's little, little gremlins yeah. um but at this point they they make it out of the the gremlins make it out of the swimming pool and they start overrunning the town um, and they just start doing all kinds of like crazy, like hijinks, like the one messes with, uh, a street light causing accidents. And then this is one of the most satisfying kills I think I've seen is it goes to that, that evil Mrs. Deagle's house. And, um, this would definitely be you book. Cause she had like 30 cats, like living in her house. <laughs> See, I don't understand that. At some point, book, you're going to have 30 cats. Yeah, because I have one you, cat, it is even if you're not, you know you want one. You know no, you I, want more. Honestly, well, you're gonna be like sixty years old and have thirty cats. Like, let's be honest. Yeah. Honestly, I don't want more than 30, one. Cat. Thirty goddamn cats. <laughs> that motherfucker got like thirty goddamn cats. I don't want more than one cat. I understand <laughs> you're saying that, but I'm not feeling it. <laughs> your mouth is saying no, but your eyes are saying yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but she get they mess with the wires on her. she has a chairlift to get up and down the stairs and the one messes with her wiring and she hops on it to go upstairs and it rockets her right out the window as the cops are coming by 
and she smashes into the street. Um, uh, at the same time, some of the other ones go to the local bar where um, Billy's girlfriend Kate works. And don't they? Don't they like drink or something? Yeah, they're out there partying. They they have like a recreation of that like famous was it like the the poker dogs or whatever. Like so, they're out there yeah. just they're goofy. They're little gremlin. They're little goofballs. But uh, she's able to get out of there and distract them by using the the flash on the camera. Um, and, and that like stuns them for a second because the lights affect them and she runs out and she's able to meet up with Billy and Gizmo um, who go over to the bank to hide um, and then at this point you also get like a, a little bit of a weird backstory because earlier in the movie Kate she says that like she doesn't like Christmas like she doesn't like that's her least favorite time of the year and you don't really know but for some reason, she reveals to Billy that her father... This is like the stupidest thing. But her father yeah. died on Christmas because he tried to... She, he dressed like Santa Claus and then come down the chimney, but he like fell and broke his neck. <laughs> <laughs> Which I was like, that. why is this in here? Like, you didn't need this. Not, not everybody likes Christmas. Yeah, you could just not like Christmas. Like, you didn't... That, was a, that was just a strange strangely dark tone. Billy should have been like Kate like it's not my fault that your dad's a fucking idiot and yeah really how did you think you're gonna fit down a chimney because <laughs> you're not all right so while this is going on uh Billy and Kate realize like hey it's like quiet like what happened to the gremlins so they find out that they were actually in a in the local movie theater all of them watching Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs so they get a plan. They decide they're going to blow up the movie theater and just take them all out. So they do that, but it turns out the last gremlin, Stripe, had gone across the street to get more candy because he's always, that Stripe, always getting away. Um, and that leads us to our final climactic um, confrontation here. So right now, before we get into spoilers, which I really didn't want to do spoilers for this because everyone's already seen it. So yeah. it's just going to go through it. But we'll, 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 yeah, we'll... We'll put a little pin in that, and we'll do our uh, our, our pros and cons. And since uh, since you're the the guest host here, uh, Aaron, I'm gonna let you go first. Mm -hmm. What what's your first pro or con? It could be anyone, anything. Scene you like, something that you really thought was done well. Mm. Boogie's still here, buddy. Yeah, I'm around. All right, just, so I will just say it's it. been a while since I actually seen it. I will say probably the most notable scene I remember is probably the China shop. The open, yeah, it, they actually did a good job setting that up. It really felt like a like a back. It was mystical. Back alley, like Chinatown type. Yeah. Yeah. It had some mysticism to it, which really set the mood for the for the gremlins. You know, they yeah. kind of came out of nowhere. It backed it up pretty well. It did. That's. I mean, you have to because it's in a lot. A lot of ways, it's a very practical movie, like based in in real, like, kind of things. And like the gremlins are such like a far fetched, mystical idea that you, you really had to set that up right before you got into everything. So I I did like how they did that as well as the actor that played um, Mr. Wing. Who he had mm -hmm. been in a lot of like Chinese films. I didn't know really yeah, too many he that he'd been in, besides Gremlins too. Um, but his he was played by Kai Luke, 
he's just like the typical yeah he look he had the long wispy like fu manchu yeah but uh, we didn't talk about this earlier, but I did just see this. Mogwai translated into Cantonese is actually devil. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Um, pro I had, this is a real easy one, but the the puppet and character designs, I mean, they're, they're iconic. Everyone knows mm-hmm. what a, a Mogwai, everyone knows what a Gremlin looks like. Um, yeah. They did a great job on those, and obviously, if you're gonna have a movie with those creatures going around, like you have to make them look good. I did like the scene too. Like I've always been a big fan. Like obviously, technology's moved on, but um, mm-hmm. like stop motion when they first all come out of the the YMCA and they're out in the street and they're walking oh, down the street. Yeah. I, I love the stop motion, so I did appreciate that as well. Book, what do you got? Pros and cons, buddy. Uh, pros and cons. Just gonna add on to what you didn't, said. Didn't they have like the? Didn't they do the classic like YMCA thing where they had a? Um, what's a what's that? Uh, group called the didn't Village People. Have, yeah, the Village People. Didn't they redo that? They might have. I'm not 100. percent I think they did with the Gremlins. Of course. Goddamn Gremlins. Gremlins. All right, Bug. What do you got? Um, I was just gonna build on what your pro was. I mean, the Gremlins itself is just an iconic creature. So what I wrote was, uh, I mean, it's very, it's very creative, very original movie. Um, and I, just to show, I just want to say a little fact to help build on it. Uh, Chris Columbus, the writer, didn't write Gremlins with the idea that it could actually be made into a movie. Um, it wasn't until the script was uh, found and you know, discovered uh, by Steven Spielberg, who uh, said it was one of the most original things he's ever came across. Spielberg so was like, oh, yeah. He took it. Yeah, took he saw, it he's like, I could see them little motherfuckers walking around. <laughs> But that's it. This true. That's true. That is a good point. They this did lead to a lot of like trying to knock off like what are those other? You got like critters, goalies, yeah. stuff like that. Plus so probably it, also toy soldiers. To be honest, yeah, it, it, that movie did seem very derivative of this for sure. Um, but then again, you did have the the same director. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we I feel like we talked about a few of the cons earlier. Uh, the only real some of the roles like yeah you go as far to set roles in this universe like um don't keep them away from water keep them away from light but the one that that like we talked about before but really got to me is that that whole after midnight so if you're going as far as to establish roles in this universe like why would you do that to yourself yeah it's not necessary yeah figure that why not just say dark yeah figure that midnight shit out yeah don't give me a hard timeline. Uh, another Rams. another pro I had, um, the acting was was very solid. Um, you you could really feel a, a bond between Billy and Gizmo. Um, the Kate, uh, Phoebe Cates, she her acting was great. I liked uh, Hoyt Axton as the dad. Um, how the the lady that played uh was it Polly Holiday played uh 
Mrs. Deagle. She she came off as a real big piece of shit, but that was acted well. So the acting was solid. Um, mm-hmm. World building was was good. We talked about that at the beginning with with the Chinatown. But the the one scene that really stuck out to me was when they first introduced the town of Kingston Falls and the way they did the shot. That was very reminiscent of uh, another Stephen King produced movie, Back to the Future. When they're doing the shot and they're going through the town, you kind of can see how the town's set up. But even in this more so, you see some of the the main characters and stuff, how they interact with people. And it really gave you like a sense of, of character to the town. So I really like that when they do it in the movie. Um, they do a lot of world building just by showing you instead of telling you like, oh, it's this or this person's like this. Like you see it. And, and, th- and that's that's a sign of good storytelling. Show, don't mm-hmm. tell. Mm-hmm. What else we got pros and cons here, boys? Hmm. Uh, pro for me was, even though it is a Christmas movie, um, what made it horror was <clears throat> it wasn't afraid to show the death or deaths of, you know, like the creatures and people. Um, I mean, you pointed out the, the death of the old lady. It was, it was hilarious. But yeah. it was, I mean... Yeah, that's the part where there there's some conflicting things in this because it's very much like these creatures are funny and mischievous and they do funny things, but at the same time they're also cold-blooded killers. And that's yeah. what I was saying before, where there's a lot of dark undertones, where there's a lot of like real bleak things in like a like a dark comedy. Like early on when when that lady is interacting the lady and her kids are interacting with miss deagle and she's like oh i don't care like you better come up with the money why don't you ask santa claus for the extra rent money and stuff like that just being like whatever and like the one point when they're walking away the little kid says to the mom she's like she's like i'm hungry and she's like yeah i know me too and then it's like it goes about it and it's the cheery music's like that's pretty dark yeah and then with the overall theme the overall theme of this movie is pretty much this is 1984 like ronald reagan United States of America, like it's peak, like xenophobia. Like that's the whole theme of this movie is foreigners. These creatures represent the foreigners coming in. They're and just coming ch- in, changing, taking yeah, our jobs, changing your way of life, just wreaking havoc. And it's like, I heard gremlins don't even celebrate Christmas. Probably not. <laughs> but like, what's call- what's the message? What's they call it? Happy holidays. <laughs> what's the the message they're trying to say here is that like some of that stigma and everything is is self-made this is a very yeah. this is a commentary on the the state especially at this time and i mean it hasn't changed much at all now of the american people anything it's gotten worse yeah it's it was basically saying like that's that's a big part of this movie too when and we'll get into it in spoilers but everyone knows that um uh, they take they take the Mog Gizmo back at the end, and the uh, Mister Wing, the Chinese shop owner, is like, um, "You're, you're the Western world isn't ready for for the Mogwai yet." And it just kind of shows like they're right at some points. Like if we were responsible and we handle things the correct way, Mogwai could be something that is integrated into the whole U.S. society would be more popular than having a pet dog. It would be like the next big thing, but whether through fear or ignorance or hubris, like 
you don't you can't follow the rules and it creates we create our own monsters and in a lot of way that's that's very relevant today it's it's this movie's you, a, a lot deeper than it has any right to be <laughs> or could you have an animal okay could you have an animal without feeding it people food once no i personally can't my dogs love pizza I, <laughs> I actually just said pizza and from a dead sleep Pierce sat up and was looking around, so I better he knows. I better nix that. There's no pizza, buddy. <laughs> uh, any other he pros or, pros pizza. and cons? Um, I mean, I really don't have very many cons about this movie. I mean, some of the cheesy stuff, but it could be in there, like her whole back, Kate's whole backstory about her dad dying on Christmas. Yeah, like if it was something like he was sick during Christmas, that'd be something. Like, but he died for because he was an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> really what it boils down to uh wasn't the like how they like the re the, how they like reproduce or how they like multiply wasn't that taken like from alien what are you talking no. about like the cocoon yeah yeah the cocoon kind of kind of looks like that i could see that but not really i mean the aliens produced by the face hugger in in pretty much impregnating you like by sucking on your face and your mouth and it bursts out of the chest but the mm-hmm. the eggs that that face huggers come out kind of kind of like the cocoon but a little bit more violent with the, yeah. with the aliens it's a different type of horror movie i liked uh cuz we always talk about cheesy would you actually classify this movie as a horror movie uh yeah definitely Really? Especially the the part I was talking about, like so something um, we always talk about is cheesy jump scares and stuff like that. But this wasn't really cheesy. Like I, I think it added to it. But after spoiler alert, they beat um, Stripe at the end. Mm-hmm. He he comes back out of the water after being beat, like as a like a last jump scare, and he's just like the the skeleton of it and yeah. i thought that looked that looked cool like it wasn't it wasn't it was cheesy but not too cheesy like i like that um but definitely it's horror like if if it was i think maybe what, you can call it a uh it's like a horror comedy it, yeah but but there's I would, definitely dark I, would, I don't know if i call it that maybe i call it a scary movie or, yeah, I mean, horror is just the overarching. I feel like that's like a... You're just splitting hairs now, Aaron. I might be. <laughs> but definitely with the design of the gremlins. and it Definitely it definitely has the comic elements. I, I did like the, the scenes where they showed like the gremlins in the bar or the movie theater. Just like how goofy they were. But sometimes oh, yeah. it, it kind of clashed with it, it, like how they would take people out like they they were goofy and doing all these little like basically like pranks and stuff like that but then they also would kill people Mm -hmm. any other than that uh we got any more pros and cons Mm. i mean it's a classic 80s movie so those do have just those do have some downsides. You yeah. Know? The writing, yeah. the dialogue is always a little goofy, you know? Yeah. I do I feel like this one, after watching it recently, I was it was on IFC the other day again. Mm-hmm. Um actually was just finished up at 
again as as I was uh, we were starting to record this. Um, mm-hmm. But it it definitely holds up in it, but it most definitely feels like an '80s movie. Like you can definitely tell that Spielberg was on set for this. It has that kind of feel to it. Like yeah. like I was saying before, especially that scene when they introduce Kingston Falls, it, it reminds you. I know it came before, but it reminds you of a lot of some of the shots in Back to the Future. Well, not a bad thing. I mean, but a, a decidedly '80s movie for sure. All right, we're ready to get into the ending, the spoilers in the ending. I thought we pretty much, you pretty much gave it away. Yeah, I was just, I mean. Stripes yeah. got away. Yeah, well, Stripes gets away. He goes over to um, the, the local store next door. They chase him in there. Um, some battling goes on. Um, he ends up, the final, like, climatic battle, climbs into a water fountain. He's going to try to spawn more gremlins. Um, at the last second, Gizmo driving a pretty funny scene when he's driving the toy car um, is able to lay out, like go off a ramp, lay out, and pull a a string that opens up one of the skylights in the in the green room like area that that this fountain's in, and it's kind of funny because Gizmo like smacks on the wall pretty hard. He just gets like launched and just smacks on the wall. Um, but the the sunlight hits them and starts melting them. It's pretty cool. It's like uh, kind of remind me of Raiders of the Lost Ark, like yeah, just yeah, melting. That's, that's the exact same thing. Starts mel- nice. melting them there, and then then he has that jump scare again. But they end up beating them. So they head back home with Gizmo, and they're they're recovering there. And Mister Wing um, from the underground Chinese shop, he shows up. Basically says like you Americans are pieces of shit. Should you can never have the manga. I'm taking them back. But then he looks at Billy and he sees how how he interacts with with Gizmo. He says, but maybe someday um, you might have a chance. Uh, and, and Gizmo's like Billy, like a little cute voice, all mm-hmm. emotional, and it ends. It's the that's the Gremlins, and that's you never see the Gremlins ever again, except until Gremlins two, until nineteen. Uh, that's that's let's talk a half a second here about Gremlins too. I don't I, I think I've seen it once. Oh, I love I Gremlins too, but that movie is batshit insane. They have a scene in that movie where they stop the movie, and you're looking at a movie theater within a movie theater, so the people are watching the movie Gremlins too, and then Gremlins start fucking with the projector that's showing it in the theater, and Hulk Hogan has to get up and rip his shirt off and say, like, Hulkamania is going to run wild on you fucking Gremlins, and then they put the movie <laughs> back on. It's it's nuts. They have oh, Gremlins man. mutating to, like, spiders and gargoyles. And, and, oh, and, 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 oh, and the Gremlins talk. Yeah. The one becomes, like, a super smart brain. Like, that movie's wild. That's, but I definitely like that movie. So that movie's more comedy than anything. But yeah, I am a fan of Gremlins, too. Spoiler alert, there is a sequel. Other spoiler alert, you're not going to believe the sequel that comes out. <laughs> uh, I, honestly, I wouldn't be too upset if they attempt to uh, reboot the series. Yeah, so that's what the room... They have a writer... Um, attached to it now and originally they were just going to make like a remake and then they decided um especially with the way it's been going uh the recent past like two three years in hollywood the trend of doing these legacy sequels where it just ties back into the original so they're going to actually do 
a sequel set like modern times like actually use like real life time kind of like the halloween 2018 did yeah. where it was set like 40 years later or whatever the amount of time was so i i would support that that, that this is this is definitely yeah. something that could work especially like mm-hmm. if the characters are introduced like, i mean you can do it with all new characters too hmm. i mean yeah so sometimes oh and i just found this out they... you are correct uh, Aaron Steven Spielberg was riding a bike in this movie at one point. Oh, I remember seeing him. All right, so ratings and recommendations. I would give this. Uh, I'd give it a nine out of ten. It's definitely. How do you guys do it? Classic five average. Did you like seven average? There's no. It's just whatever you want to rate it. So, what we're real big on is. It's whether you like it or not, but we do the rating and then we do a recommendation. So even if we gave a movie three, we try to figure out who might still like this movie or who you would recommend to watch this or what type of setting. If it's like some schlocky trash movie, you can say maybe a group of your friends have been out drinking and you come back to their apartment and you just want to throw something on or you're at a party or family. Like So we do our big thing is... They just hate themselves. Yeah. Well, our big thing is if whether you like a movie or not, someone else might have the exact opposite opinion. Like, so we're just like whatever. Like, but you just give your own personal rating what it means to you, and then you try to explain who you think might like this movie. I get you. All right. All right. Ratings and recommendations. So I would give this movie a nine out of ten. Personally, I think this is a classic. Well, I don't even think that's personally. I feel like a lot of people think it's a classic. Um, Well-produced, uh, great talent, great story. Like you were saying before, Boog, this is a fairly original take. Um, the Before this, there's so many movies that spun off of this, that like derivative things like Critters, Ghoulies, stuff like that. So this was like the first of its kind. Um even watching it now, it, it definitely still holds up. Um, if, I, if I'm going to recommend it, I'd recommend it to pretty much anyone. Um, like we were saying way earlier in the podcast, um, this is a type of movie you can watch w- with anyone. Young, old, there's something for everyone. It's not too graphic that even younger kids can't watch it. Um, I'd still call it the PG-13, though. Yeah, there's definitely, like like we were saying, the decapitation. Um, yeah some of the the darker moments in the movie but face melting scene at the end yeah but even then like kid kids could still watch i mean the first time i watched it, i think i was like four or five but but definitely pretty much anyone i'd recommend this to anyone even the most hardened horror fans definitely this is another another way you could look at this too is for if you have younger kids that you want to I'm not saying force your kids into liking the stuff you like, but if you want to get them into horror films, this is a definitely a good gateway film to see if if, see if they're ready for for more films of this genre. Um, who wants to go next? Go ahead, Aaron. Yeah. Um, so it is a cult classic, and so you don't get that cult status by being average you know yeah you definitely so, have to stand out yeah definitely have to stand out i would probably give it an eight the majority of people like it some people just don't like the genre you know 
There's haters. That's that's um, something we always talk about too. Is there's just haters out there. Some fuck them. Yeah. Fuck yeah, em. There's, there's, there's always going to be those people who like what they like and will never branch out. You know. Mm-hmm. But uh, I like what you say with this being a good gateway to to horror movies. Um, the the plot surprisingly had a lot of depth, and there's a lot of side plots. Yeah. Yeah, so, I know. I wanted to touch on it, but I, I got a little bit sidetracked there. But even the side plot, the neighbor Murray, how he thought, like, gave a little bit backstory. And this is actually a, a real phenomenon. Not getting too far into like the paranormal and stuff about the gremlins of World War II, where British mm-hmm. pilots would report that they were on the planes chewing wires and stuff like that. Yeah. And he had fought in in World War and, um thought he he had encountered them overseas and he was also a, a big figurehead of the the whole like that that overarching theme that i think of like the xenophobia and stuff like that he he hates even down to foreign cars that he doesn't trust like yeah yeah so uh yeah and, and, and a lot of those side stories like that are rather interesting but you know yeah there's a, um, lot, a lot of depth to this movie mm-hmm Especially for for something that would be PG thirteen, to comp- I just try and compare this to a movie that's come out in the last two decades. Yeah, well, know, I, to... most movies that come out now are just by the numbers, and that's what I'm saying. Like this movie is a lot deeper than it has any right to be. A movie about some cuddly creatures turning into these little mm-hmm. uh, scaly monsters. You you don't, I don't think know you're if getting you that. credit that to Steven Spielberg, the writing. Or the director, but uh, I th- definitely one of one of a kind. It I almost th- has. If you think about a lot of '80s movies, though, a lot of them did have, uh, especially stuff in this genre. A lot of subtext. Yeah, like all the Scorsese films mm-hmm. and stuff like that. There's there's always a lot of different plot lines that are playing yeah. out. I I so. I I guess that's something I should should have talked about in the pros too, but this movie has a, a lot of rewatchability, and that's the exact reason why. Because you have those little side things, like you see something new every time you watch it. Yeah. So so you gave him an 8, Bug, what, what are you giving it? Um, I'd give it... I'd give it a 9 out of 10 easily. Um, what would you give it hardly? give a 10 why what why aren't you giving it 10 out of 10 no no i'm not no i mean i i what docks a give, point what docks a point mm-hmm. for me i mean at times i thought it was just too goofy it's my comedy main, no but my main thing that goes back to is like hey they're in the movie theater Guess what we're gonna do that movie theater? We're gonna blow up that movie theater in a small town. That was a good plan. How would you deal with that? I I just it's a little like Look, have you ever even seen the gremlins? A little overreaction. To 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 blow up a movie theater, I think it's overreaction. They uh they were murdering people. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm sticking with it. No, no, no. All right. Do you want docs? Wait, hold on. If we're, if that if that's an oh, yeah, yeah. if that's an issue there, um, have you ever seen um, 
this is for you, Bug. Have you ever seen uh, Inglorious Bastards? Yes. Did you like it? Yes, but that's different. Well, the ending of that movie is the same as, like, that, that whole plot. Like, they were all in the movie theater, so they all their enemies were concentrated in one spot, so they're going to take them all out in one fell swoop. Yeah, I'm gonna but... say every movie where they blow up a movie theater. <laughs> yeah. movie. That's 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 a key point. That's a, you get one point for blowing up the movie theater. <laughs> All right, book. Just so nine out of ten. Go into go go into your deal here, buddy. You're struggling tonight. Um, nine out of ten. It's an instant classic. If anyone knows me, I really enjoy '80s movies because a lot of them are classics. They always have a unique approach to telling stories and getting to the point of stories. And the, the conclusion isn't always uh, as cliche as as most. So um, th- that's why I give it a 9 out of 10. People I'd recommend it to uh, build upon you, John. What you said there about you know people who it's a good gateway. It's a good gateway drug into the horror genre. You're telling kids horror to do drugs? Genre. I don't like that word. Having people no. do drugs? Uh, get over it. Well, you're going to jail. You're yeah. fucking going to jail. Oh. Sorry, well, I'm a big it. fan of all puppetry in movies. Did, speaking of puppetry, did you watch that Dark Crystal on Netflix? I loved it. Did you watch it? Yeah, dude. I was like... How long do you think it made them to like do all those puppets? I fucking loved it, dude. Did you laugh every single time they did a running scene? It was good. And they like showed their little legs, little stubbies, little stubbies. It's funny because like they didn't even try to like put like rods in their feet. They just flailed them around, and that was them running. It was like a oh, what was that movie that the guys from South Park did? Uh, Team America World, please. Team, it reminded me of that, you know. Well, how about I just I was just reading this little note. I don't want to cut you off there, but this was pretty wild. You know what was released the same weekend as Gremlins? What? Ghostbusters. Really? Imagine seeing that as a double feature in the theaters. Oof. Yeah. I'm surprised the movie did so well. Both of those movies are on the yeah. top uh, adjusted for modern times and everything for inflation um or some of the like the top 10 highest grossing horror films. Like that's nuts. Mm-hmm. They hate, you know what they say, man. They don't make them like they used to. Yep. All right, so it looks like that's it. We got two nines and an eight. Uh, watch this movie if you haven't. Uh, watch it if you have. Also, watch it. It's like it's Christmas. Christmas Your Christmas choices for horror movies really aren't out there. There's two movies I'll watch every year for Christmas. Gremlins and Die Hard. Die, oh, of course, Die Hard. I, I actually... Die Hard this um, past weekend. It's, it's great. It is great. That starts a whole debate, is it a Christmas movie? And it is, but they really don't... You don't get the feel of, of Christmas because he goes out no. to L.A. It's different. No, you don't get don't the season. Don't shove it down your throat by saying that his dad died by... <laughs> John McClane's dad fell down that goddamn chimney. Yippee Kai, motherfucker. He was just one day from retirement. I I actually went what's it was last year, twenty eighteen, for the um 
30th anniversary, they put Die Hard back in theaters. And let me tell you, that movie, I love it, obviously, when it's on TV or, or if I watch it streaming. But that's definitely a movie to watch in theaters. Like, you see, like, so much more. I've been on a big kick when they re-release things for anniversaries. Like, I saw Ghostbusters, the original one, when they released it. Uh, Jaws. If if you've never seen Jaws, little spoiler, I never talked about this on the podcast. Jaws is my favorite movie of all time. Um, but the one I'm getting stoked for is next this 2020 coming up is going to be the 30th anniversary of goodfellas and that's also my top three favorite movies i know you were saying scorsese earlier so if they throw that in theaters for 30th anniversary you best believe i'm yeah i'll go see it what yeah i've not for me and that's that's one of my big kryptonites if it's ever on tv i just stop what i'm doing i watch the whole thing one time I accidentally f- was flipping through at HB, like, we had been gaming for a while, mm-hmm. and uh, it was like 2 in the morning, I'm like, I gotta go to bed, I got a meeting at 8am, <laughs> and I was just gonna throw something on the TV to fall asleep, and I was flipping through on HBO, Goodfellas just started, and I stayed up and I watched the whole fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, hey, that's Gremlins. Um, that's them Gremlins. So, it was, it was nice being here. Hey, we appreciate having you. Definitely come on more often. Um, I feel like you took a little bit of steam out of Boog, though. He's been real quiet tonight. Boog, you all right, bud? Yeah, a little bit. Just hanging in there. You sound a little bit bitter. I've been known as the steam killer. <laughs> That's actually would be a cool name, the steam killer. <laughs> you sound like an enemy in like a steampunk like novel. <gasps> the steam killer. All right, well, this is the point of the episode, Aaron, where I have to do a little bit of plugs. Uh, first thing is if you want to give us a follow over on Twitter, it's at HorrorVision. Um, if you have any comments, uh, questions, concerns, if you wanted books, telephone number, um, anything like that. If you have any movies you'd like to see us review or anything you'd like us to check out or want to send us anything, it, our email is HuntersHorrorVision at gmail.com uh if you are listening to this podcast obviously you found it uh, but if you want to listen to it on a different platform or if you want to go on all of them we we would like that as well because that's just more more hits for us <laughs> but uh we're on um spotify uh apple podcasts as well as stitcher google play and there's a couple other ones out there I can't remember. Um, we have a goddamn place you can put your name. Yeah, we have a YouTube page as well. The podcast does get posted on the YouTube, um, but we uh, we do a few other things on there. We got some uh, game footage that we've played some horror themed games as well as we're gonna start doing some let's plays. Um, and I should have had it posted up already, but I didn't. But we we're, we're gonna have a couple uh, trailer reactions on there. So if you want to check out, it's just um, search Hunter's Horror Vision on youtube and we're up there give us a a like and subscribe i said i'd never be that person but you know what you got hey you got to um other than that uh we're pretty much all done we got one more show for the year coming up here um gonna be a little bit different of a show we're not going to review a movie um but what we're gonna do is we're gonna talk about since it is the end of a decade we're gonna talk about all the all the all the top films that have come out um between 2010 to, to 2020, which there's definitely been a resurgence. This is a definitely been a good decade for for horror, um, as well as 
like the movies, games, everything uh, of that nature. Um, as well as we'll talk about some of the worst ones, big di- big disappointments, favorite scenes, favorite moments, things like that. So we're just going to have a big end of the decade recap there. Uh, so do your homework, bud. You'll be ready for that, bud? Yeah, I'm pretty much done with that. So you're not going to do any homework on that. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, homework has been completed. It's just not turned in. <laughs> at least, hey, at least you're consistent. Will never be. Um, other than that, that's all we got. Uh, appreciate uh everyone listening. And uh, it's been your horror vision. messed up. Okay, he's dead. Let's go get him. That's another one for the fire.